Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Uh, We're starting a new series today on rest, and this might seem like a weird series to be starting in the season we're in, uh, but I feel like it's totally appropriate, and I think God knew what he was doing because we actually set this up back in September of last year. We laid out our preaching schedule and all the series for 2020, and uh, we thought we were just laying them out how we felt. You know, we prayed about it and asked the Lord, but now we get into it, and it's like, God, you really knew what you were doing um, when you laid this out the way you did and, and asked us to walk in these different series the way you did. And so I hope this, this series is going to be helpful for you and for your family over the next few weeks as we unpack this together and really just explore rest. Uh, there are a couple of resources that I'm going to be referencing during this series. And if you would like, I would love for you to pick them up. Uh, you can pick them up on Amazon, read through those. Those will be a great help to you if you want to explore this a little further. And those two books are, uh, number one, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. It's a fantastic book, and I would encourage you, you can pick that up and read through it. Uh, and that's going to be referenced some over the next few weeks. And then also another book that's a little older, it's called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. And both of these books are wonderful. They're great resources, and they're really going to help you um, figure out what rest looks like. Because sometimes we think rest is just um, laying on the couch. That's rest. And it might be, but it might not be. And so what we're going to do over the next few weeks is just unpack rest, what it looks like, and how it impacts you. So I would love for you uh, to invite some friends, get connected with this series, because I feel like it's going to be a benefit for you. There's a quote that I love. Uh, John Ortberg, who wrote one of those books, his mentor was a guy named Dallas Willard, who was a pioneer and a giant of the faith. And uh, John Ortberg asked Dallas Willard, he says, what do I need to do to become the me that I want to be? And that actually became a title of one of John Ortberg's books, which is another great one. It's fantastic. So he asked the question, what do I need to do to become the person that I want to be? And uh, like any any person who's being mentored by somebody of high capacity, I'm sure he was ready for this really powerful response. Hey, you need to take these three steps, whatever it might be. And Dallas Willard's response was interesting. He said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. He didn't say, uh, hey, here's what you need to work on. Here's what you need to fix. Here's what you need to get out of your life. Um, All these big sins. What he said is, you need to guard your life against hurry. And this is something I feel like we don't do a very good job of, that, that we struggle with this idea of hurry. And you might be thinking, Mel, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm working from home. I don't have to worry about hurry right now. But the truth is, uh, even though your busy schedule looks different than it did, it's still filled up. And we're going to get into that. Um, Corey Ten Boom said this. She said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And what we see is the result of being bad and busy can be the same thing, that our soul ultimately dries up and withers. And so Sometimes we prop ourselves up and say, hey, I'm not doing bad things. I'm doing good things. I'm just busy. But being busy can take us away from the very best things. And that's what this series is really about. Uh, see, Jesus was busy. He was a busy guy. He was active. Uh, but he was busy doing the right things. Busy isn't bad. Uh, but being busy with the wrong things can be disastrous for our souls. So it's not about being busy. It's about being busy with the right things. 
uh, we all have limitations in life. Some of us have uh, limitations from our past, physical limitations, um, inte- limitations with our intelligence, um, whatever it might be, uh, limitations due to uh, our background that, that just limit us. I will never play in the NBA because I am limited in so many ways. Um, and so at this point, I've given up on that dream, finally. I'm never going to do that because of my limitations. So we all have limitations in some way or another, and a lot of them are, are based on our context. But I will tell you this, one limitation that we all have, that we all share is the limit of time. No matter who you are, no matter what your income is, no matter what your ethnic background is, I am telling you today, you are limited by time. You have 24 hours in the day, no matter who you are. The richest man in the world and the poorest man in the world, they both have 24 hours in their day. And so that limitation is not necessarily a bad thing, but what happens is we fill those 24 hours with as as many things as possible. And so even with the invention of, of time-saving devices like smartphones and emails and things like that, it hasn't given us more time. What it's done is it's allowed ourselves to cram more things into our schedule. Now we're even busier than we've ever been. We have more things going on than we ever have before. And what we see is that the problem is not that we have a lot to do. The problem is that we have too much to do. With our limited time, we've squeezed as much stuff as we possibly can in there. And that is where our problem is because we're busy doing too many things and too many of the wrong things. In Luke chapter 15, there's a passage and Jesus says this, he says in verse five, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. And sometimes we hear a verse like this and we justify our busyness and we go, well, hey, I'm, I'm making the best use of time. I'm, I'm filling up my schedule. Uh, we're running to ball games and practices and rehearsals and meetings and all these things. And so I'm just, I'm just utilizing my time the best way I can. But again, I want to ask you, are you utilizing it the best way possible? Uh, another way to, to interpret this word, uh, this phrase, making the best use is redeeming the time. How are you redeeming that time? What is it producing in your life? Is it producing long-lasting results or is it producing momentary results? Uh, what are we doing with our time? See, many of us would say something like this, and maybe you have said this before, uh, if I just had 10 more hours in my day, I'd be so productive. Man, I would get so much done if I just had 10 more hours. If I had 10 more hours, man, that's what, really what I need. And, and maybe you have said something like that. And it's kind of reminiscent of something I've heard from other people. Uh, I've heard people say, man, if I just had $10,000 more in my account, everything would be fine. And what I want to tell people most of the time is, no, you wouldn't. Because how we spend the money we have tells me how we're going to spend the money that we don't have. If I just had more, probably what we're going to do is spend it the same way we've been spending this. Um, And if you had 10 more hours in your day, you're not going to have any more margin in your time. What's going to happen is you're going to find a way to fill it up with even more stuff. And so it's not about having more time. It's about using the time we have in the best way possible and not filling it up with the wrong things. Uh, See, if we fill our time with the wrong things, what is the right thing? What are the right things to be filling up our time with? And I'm not going to tell you how to make your schedule, but what I will tell you is this. One of the things we have eliminated from our schedules is, is rest. We just don't rest like we should. We don't rest like our parents and grandparents used to. Um, I don't know if you know this. I read this recently that that before the invention of the light bulb, the average American slept 11 hours per night. 
I know some of you, if you slept 11 hours one night, you would think that there was something physically wrong with you the next day. You would check to make sure you're okay. Your spouse might check to see if you were breathing when they woke up, if you were still asleep 11 hours later. That would be a problem. But that was normal back in the uh, 1870s. It was normal for people to sleep that long. Uh, Another thing that I read that was really interesting is that today, the average American worker takes four weeks off less than they did in 1979. So just a little while later, about 40 years later, we're working more than we ever did before. And the reason is that we're filling up our schedule and we're removing rest from our schedule. We're, we're, we're removing an opportunity to recharge and relax and to find peace. And that is what God is after. That's what God wants for us. In Hebrews chapter three and uh, chapter four, the writer of Hebrews is commenting on uh, a passage in Psalm chapter 95. And in Psalm 95, it's referencing the children of Israel and how their disobedience led them to miss the promised land. So they left Israel, they were going into the promised land, but they were disobedient to God. They didn't take the promised land, they didn't go in. And so they were forced to wander in the wilderness. And we talked about this story back in January, we went through our wilderness series, but they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And what it said of that generation is that they were never allowed to enter into their rest. And so what we see is this idea that, that God called the promised land their rest, that, that they were never able to enter into their rest because of their disobedience. And one of the things I see in our lives is we never enter, enter into our rest because of our disobedience. We, we are disobedient doing good things. We're disobedient doing things that we feel like are beneficial. Uh, it's all the trappings of our life, all the things that we do, we're busy with, but we're disobedient, and as a result of that, we never truly enter in our arrest. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. And he's talking about uh, being obedient to God so we can enter into his rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And so what we see is this kind of summary of what he's been talking about in Hebrews chapter 4, that he says, let us, let us strive, let us work hard to rest. Let us work hard to experience the rest of God so that we're not disobedient. And this is so interesting to me uh, that, that rest is active. So what he's saying is work hard to rest. Work hard to experience the rest of God. Now, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they didn't just go in and find themselves a couch and turn on Netflix for 12 hours a day. That is not what rest looked like. In fact, they had to go into the promised land and they had to conquer enemies. Now, they didn't do that on their own. God went before them and fought the battles, but they still had to enter into the battles. Uh, they, had to, they had to work the land. They had to hunt. They had to, all these things they had to do but it says they entered into the rest. Now, how do you reconcile that? Because what we see is they're working. They might've been working harder in the promised land than they were before they entered in. But yet it's called rest. And this is what I would say. For me, a working definition of rest is working in God's strength. I know for me, I rest whenever I'm working in God's strength. It doesn't mean that I'm sitting on the couch and not doing anything. I'm very active, I'm moving forward, but I'm working in God's strength instead of my own strength. There's rest in that. When I was a kid, my dad would say, hey, come, come work with me out in the yard. Hey, come work with me in the garage. And I would go work with my dad. And I thought I was working really hard. But what I didn't realize at the time is my dad was doing 99% of the work. He was the one doing the work and I was just with him. Uh, that that 
I wasn't doing what I thought I should be doing or what I thought I was doing at the time. I was his little helper, uh, but he was doing the work and not me. And as a result, I was resting even though I was working. And in hindsight, I see that now. And I'll tell you, God's purpose for us, his goal for us is for us to work, but for us to work in his strength and not our own. And one of the reasons we get so frazzled and so worn out is because we're working in our own strength. Uh, we don't enter into his rest and let him do the work in our lives. We are self-sustaining and self-focused and we're gonna do the work and I'm gonna put in longer hours and I've gotta go, 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 go. And as a result, working in our own strength leads to burnout. It leads to frustration. It leads to uh, us constantly being on edge and marginalized where, where we've got this... this uh, this trap that, that opens up for us anytime somebody says something that's a little questionable to us or something that we misread, our emotions are on edge, so we immediately jump to that. And as a result, it brings unhealthiness. It's toxic for us to work on our own strength. It's toxic for us to, to not rest in the Lord. But that's what he wants us to do. In Mark chapter 6, there's a passage um, in, in verse 30. And what we see is Jesus had sent out the disciples to do work, and they went and did incredible things. And they came back after this season of ministry, and they're reporting to Jesus what they had done. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, it says, And the apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, So they're reporting, Jesus, let me tell you about all the incredible things that have happened. Let me tell you about um, demons that were cast out, people that were set free, uh, people who, whose lives were made different. We're, they're hearing these reports and they're celebrating all that God had done through them. And it says in verse 31, he says to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. So what Jesus says is, hey, you've been busy. You've been running. You've had so much to do. You're doing great things. But if you keep doing these things without rest, you're, you're gonna fail. You're gonna burn out. And so he says, come away with me. What a beautiful invitation from our Savior when he says, come away with me. Hey, come away with me to a desolate place. Come away with me so there's no distraction, so there's nothing else going on, so you can just hear from me, so we can spend some time together. You're gonna find rest in that if you'll just come away with me. I love the way it says it in the message version. And I'll read the same passage to you from the message. And it says, the apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported all that they had done and taught, and Jesus said, come off by yourselves. Let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. There was constant coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. Does that sound familiar to anybody? That, that in your comings and goings, you're so busy with the schedules, and we've got this and this and this and this, that you don't even have time to eat. If we're going to be honest I think many of us, um, unfortunately, have, uh, have invested a lot of money in fast food because we didn't have time to eat, so we just stop in, we just stop by, we pick something up when we have a moment and we're so busy in our comings and going that we don't even have time to eat. And I love Jesus' response to this. Jesus' response was to say, hey, come away with me. Hey, you are so busy. You're too busy. You've got too much going on. Why don't you come away with me and take a break? Why don't you come away with me? Step away from your busyness for a moment. Step away from your schedule for a moment. Step away from everything you feel like is so important right now and prioritize me for a little bit. And let's see what will happen. And what he's saying is, set this aside and come rest with me. 
for some of you, you hate the season we're in right now where um, we're isolated and our schedules are totally different. And maybe some of you are still working, but for the vast majority of us, our, our schedules look dramatically different. Um, and it's frustrating for many of us. It's frustrating because we want to get back to normal is what we keep hearing over and over again. And I don't believe that Jesus sent this virus on planet earth at all. But what I do believe is that he wants to use this season as a time to reset our schedules, to reset our priorities, to help us get away with him, to help us prioritize our spiritual life, prioritize uh, resting in him, growing in him. I believe that's what he wants for us because all of us can relate to this constant coming and going where we don't even have time to eat. That's the way many of us have lived. That's the way many of us think is just normal. That's, that's normal life for us. But that is not normal in the economy of heaven. That's not normal for Christ. He wants us to hit the pause button, to reset and to take some time with him. I love this invitation. Come away with me. Come away with me. Come spend some time with me and you're gonna find rest. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says this, and this is kind of the, the seminal passage for this series uh, and, and I want to share this with you. It's, it's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And this is what he says. Come to me, all who, are, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will, rest for your, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this is a verse that maybe you've heard before. Maybe you've heard it in church um, there are old songs, hymns of the church where we sing lines uh, from this passage. Uh, but, but let me unpack this a little bit for you. Uh, Jesus is saying to them, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. And when he uses this phrase, heavy laden, the picture it paints is a picture of a, a work animal, a beast of burden that is loaded down with supplies, that's loaded down uh, beyond capacity almost. And this, I have this picture of this animal whose legs are wobbly because of the weight that they are carrying. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, if you are busy, if you're if you feel like you are stressed out, if you feel like your schedule's beyond what you can handle, if you feel like there's a load on you that's weighing you down, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. I think that's really what we need. And that's what we've identified. That's what Jesus is inviting us into in this moment. This word rest, it's anapao in the Greek. And anapao means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. What, what Jesus is saying is, hey, you need to, to get better. You need to, to be restored. You need your health restored. So I'm gonna give you some recovery. I'm gonna help you get better, but you have to rest. So if you feel like you're burdened, if you feel like you're stressed out, come to me and you'll find rest. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you, learn from, uh, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this word yoke has a dual meaning. Um, it, it means, number one, it was used as a farming implement tool uh, that you would yoke two oxen together. So two oxen would be yoked together to pull a, uh, 
to pull a plow through a field. And uh, it was important that they were similar sizes um, because they'd be yoked. You wouldn't want to have two different animals. And so what Jesus is saying is, hey, take my yoke, the yoke that I have, and you'll find rest, which is interesting because he says, you know, I said rest is active. Rest doesn't mean we just stop and sit on the couch and watch Netflix for 12 hours. What rest is, is it's active. It's still moving forward. It's still doing what God's called us to do, but it's doing it in his strength. So what Jesus says here is you're gonna find rest when you work. You're gonna find rest when you take my yoke upon you, which is an interesting statement. It's an interesting idea. So he says, take my yoke upon you because it is easy and the burden is light. It's not like a a, a yoke that you would find as a working tool. The other way we see the yoke used is in, in, with the Pharisees. The Pharisees would call their teaching the yoke. And so uh, each rabbi would have an, a yoke. And basically what the yoke is, is the, the yoke would be, how do you shoulder the load of life? How do you live out your life? In modern context, we might talk about culture of an organization. And the culture is just how we do things, how we solve problems, how we live. And, and the yoke of a rabbi was similar to that. It is just how do you shoulder the load of life? How do you carry the load? And what Jesus says is, hey, As a rabbi, I've got a yoke for you to carry. My yoke, my teaching, it's not about you shouldering the load yourself. My teaching is about it being light. My my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What he's saying to them is, hey, I've got a way of doing things that's totally different than anyone else because every other rabbi is gonna teach you how to carry the load for yourself. What Jesus is saying is, hey, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the reason is, is because Jesus is the one carrying the weight for us. If we simply let him do the work, if we simply trust him instead of trusting ourselves, that's where we find rest. That's where we can find contentment. That's where we can recover in our souls. Um, It's interesting because when a follower would take on a rabbi, what would happen is a young Jewish boy at 14, if they were sharp and they were intelligent and they were selected, they would be able to follow a rabbi and they would take on that rabbi's yoke. They'd begin to look like that rabbi. They'd begin to do what the rabbi did and, and talk like the rabbi talked. They would mirror the, the aspect of that rabbi in every way possible because their purpose was to become just like the rabbi. That's what their goal was as a follower of a rabbi or of, as, a, as an apprentice of the rabbi. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into. He says, hey, come unto me, all of you that are burned out, tired, and I'm gonna give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying there's a different way. You can follow me and it's gonna look different than anyone else. But he's still inviting us to be his apprentice. He's still inviting us to follow him closely. He's still inviting us to mirror his actions, to mirror his heart, to mirror his words, to look as much like him as possible. That is still his goal for us. Let me read this same passage to you in the message version. In the message version of Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, it says, Jesus asked this question, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live Freely and lightly. That's his goal for us, is to learn to live like him. I don't know about you, uh, there have been times in my life that I've seen people and I thought, man, 
Oh, I wish I could do that. Man, I wish I had a life like that. Man, I wish that I, I looked like that. I'll be honest with you. Uh, if, if you can't tell by looking, I don't have washboard abs. I, I mean, I do. They're just covered with a protective layer. Uh, I've told people before, if you were gonna send, find China someplace, important things, if you're moving, what do you do? You pack things up. You wrap them with bubble wrap to make sure you protect the things that are valuable. And, and my abs are valuable, so I've protected it with a prote- protective layer all around it. And so you, you, might, you might not know that by looking at me, but I don't have a 12-pack abs. But I'll see somebody like, um, you know, one of the Marvel superhero guys in the movies, and I go, man... I wish I had abs like that. But then I think about the hours they put in to get those abs, and I go, nah, I'm good. Because let's be honest with you, uh, I really like me some meadows. And, And those two things don't work out because we want somebody's life, but we don't want their lifestyle. We we want the end result, but we don't want to do what they did to get to that place. And for many of us, we look at the life of Jesus and we go, Man, I wish I had the peace he had. When he was going to the cross, I wish we had, I had the hope he had. I wish I could love the way that he loved when he was loving his enemies and he loved those who spat upon him. I wish I could do that. But then we look at the lifestyle and go, oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I want the life, but I don't want the lifestyle. I, I want to experience the fruit of that, but I don't want to cultivate it in my life or allow God to do the work in my life. And what it all comes down to is, following Jesus closely, doing what the rabbi did. And one of the things he did well was rest. And one of the things he invites us to do is rest in his power, rest in his strength, rest in his ability. Let him do the work. And so that's one of my challenges for you today is are you willing to let Jesus do the work? Are you willing to surrender your strength and your will to him and say, Jesus, I'm gonna let you do the work. I'm gonna let you shoulder the burden on your own. I'm going to still feel like I'm doing a lot, but I'm going to work in your strength and your power and your authority. And in that, I'm going to find my rest. There's a powerful statement, um, a prayer from the Mishnah. It's a rabbinic book of oral tradition from uh, Judaism. And the prayer from the Mishnah says this, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And I, I love the way this states so beautifully. May you follow your rabbi. May you follow your teacher so closely that you are covered in his dust. And that's my prayer for you today, that you will follow your rabbi, that you'll follow Jesus so closely that you're gonna be covered in his dust. And part of that is getting away with him, finding that time to rest, making that time to rest, saying, Jesus, no matter what else is going on in my life, in this season, I'm gonna hit the pause button. Because let's be honest, you might be saying to yourself today, you're not that busy. But we still put things in our schedule. Maybe it is binge-watching Netflix. Maybe it is, um, you know, finding things to do around your house. But, but we can be busy still doing the wrong things, even in the season we're in right now. But I know some of you, too, you're taking this opportunity to lean into Christ, to grow in your faith. And I want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you to, to use this time you have well. Redeem it for the glory of God. Trust Jesus deeper in this. Find your rest, not by doing nothing, but by doing something in his strength. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that we can know you, that we can be in relationship with you. I'm grateful that you sent your son Jesus to to not just be a sacrifice for us, but to be our rabbi, to be our teacher, to be our high priest, so that we could know him and be in relationship with him. And that because we're in relationship with him, we can find rest in him. 
that you are the one who fights our battles. You are the one who, who shoulders the loads. Lord, we're asking you today to help us submit our hearts fully to you. Help us to trust you with every area of our lives. I pray that we would stop striving to fix our own lives, but Lord, we would trust you to carry the load for us, to do the work in our lives. God, I pray for those that are watching this right now that don't know you. Let today be the day that they surrender it all to you. Let today be the day they put their trust in you and recognize you as Lord. So Lord, I pray that today would change everything as we recognize that, that you are our rabbi. You are Lord. God, I pray for those that are watching this that are stressed out, that, that are maxed out in, in their emotions because of they're working from home and they're trying to keep their house clean and kids and homeschooled and all the things that are going on. I just pray supernatural peace in their lives right now. I pray that, that they would hear your voice in this moment say, come away with me. Come away with me in your comings and goings where you don't even have time to eat. Come away with me. That we would set aside time for you. And as we do, we would find true rest in that. So Lord, I pray that we would use this season to reset our priorities. Lord, I pray that there would be things that were part of our lives before that never come back to our lives. And Lord, there would be some things that, that weren't really part of our lives before, like prayer and time with our families that God, we're gonna, we're gonna keep after the season is over. So God, help that be not just a desire or a wish, but a conviction of our heart that we will follow you and your patterns for us. So God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're about to do. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Now listen, if you're watching this right now and you feel the Holy Spirit kind of tugging on your heart and you recognize that you're not really walking with Christ, that he's not really your rabbi, that you can't say I'm covered in the dust of my rabbi. Jesus wants nothing more for you than to find rest in him. Maybe you're worn out because you've been trying to fix your life on your own. You've been trying to do it on your own. You've been trying to put the pieces together and you feel maxed out. And I'm telling you today, you don't have to do that. Jesus wants to carry the load for you. He wants to do the work if you'll simply trust him, if you'll put your faith in him, if you'll confess him as Lord. In Romans, it says to us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so what I wanna do with you today is just say a simple prayer with you. I just wanna pray with you and, and let you invite Jesus into your life. And so maybe you don't know what to pray or how to pray. I wanna say a simple prayer and I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me. So whether whether you are making this decision for the first time or maybe you're coming back to Christ, um, maybe you're just watching this right now, I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me out loud no matter where you are. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me and thank you for giving Jesus to pay the price for my sins on the cross. Today, I'm tired of striving and I'm tired of working and trying to fix my life on my own. I'm asking you to do the work that I can't do. Fix me, make me your child, and help me live a life that brings you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, what scripture tells us is that there's literally a party going on in heaven right now because of the decision you made, because you've surrendered your life to Jesus. So I want you to know, I am so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. And we wanna help you take the next step. And so if you responded today, to, to that invitation, I wanna encourage you, um, let us know about it, that you're gonna receive instructions in the comments about how you can respond and what you can do. Um, but one of the simplest things you can do, no matter what platform you're watching from, is you can simply text the word different to the number 94,000. That's different to 94,000. 
Let us know about your decision and we're gonna help you take the next step. We wanna get you some resources. We're gonna get you a Bible and we're gonna help you take the next step in your faith journey. And if you're here in this area, we're gonna help you get connected here at Summit Church. Even virtually, even when we can't meet in person, we're gonna help you get connected. If you're watching somewhere throughout the United States or even the world, we're gonna help you find a church in your area that you can begin to grow in your faith in. So thank you for watching with us today. Thank you for worshiping with us today. And thank you for those of you that responded and made Jesus Lord of your life. This is the greatest day of your life. I'm so excited to see what God's gonna do. Thank you for letting us be a part of that. Guys, over the next few weeks, we're gonna be unpacking what it means to find rest in Him. This is just the beginning. We wanna go deeper with this and we wanna invite you on this journey with us. So make sure you're here with us next weekend as well. Guys, I love you more than you know. I'm so honored I get to be your pastor. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.